Welcome to the Supernova Transformation Podcast, where I explore the human mind through self-awareness, emotional regulation, and our basic human experience told by just another human being. Another excerpt in Marcus Aurelius's Meditations on page 41, verse 19. Things of themselves cannot touch the soul at all. They have no entry to the soul and cannot turn or move it. The soul alone turns and moves itself, making all externals presented to it cohere with the judgments it thinks worthy of itself. I'm going to leave a link in the description about classical conditioning which is also known as Pavlovian or Responding Conditioning. Then this is learning through association and was discovered by Ivan Pavlov, a Russian physiologist. In simple terms, two stimuli are linked together to produce a new learned response in a person or animal. John Watson proposed that the process of classical conditioning, based on Pavlov's observations, was able to explain all aspects of human psychology. It says, if you pair a neutral stimulus with an unconditioned stimulus that already triggers an unconditioned response, that neutral stimulus will become a conditioned stimulus, triggering a conditioned response similar to the original unconditioned response. And it goes on to say, everything from speech to emotional responses was simply patterns of stimulus and response. Watson denied completely the existence of the mind or consciousness. Watson believed that all individual differences in behavior were due to different experiences of learning. He famously said, Give me a dozen healthy infants, well-formed, and my own specified world to bring them up in, and I'll guarantee to take anyone at random and train him to become any type of specialist I might select. Doctor, lawyer, artist, merchant, chief, and yes, even beggar man and thief, regardless of his talents, pensions, tendencies, abilities, vocations, and the race of his ancestors. And that was in 1924. And obviously that's one way to look at life. I personally believe that we can unlearn and relearn, especially when we become aware of it, because I actually have. I mean, I come from a world of hate and I actually unlearned my hate because it all had to deal with things that happened to me in my past. These traumatic experiences and how my mom had conditioned me based on her conditioning and what she went through in her traumatic experiences. Yes, I'm unlearning these things still to this day. It's not like I get to a destination. It's not like I'll reach the finish line of where I'm not like how I used to be anymore. I'm always evolving and growing each and every single day. So that's one way to look at it, like I said, with classical conditioning. And that's one way to look at how we have been conditioned from our childhood. This brings up another interesting concept within neurolinguistic programming called submodalities. I will leave the link as to where I found this. Modalities and submodalities. We have five basic senses. Visual, auditory, kinesthetic, olfactory, and gustatory. In NLP, these are referred to as representational systems or modalities. For each of these modalities, we can have finer distinctions. We could describe a picture as being black and white or color, 
or it could be also bright or dim. Feelings could be in different parts of the body or have different temperatures. Smells could be pleasant or offensive, strong or light. Taste could be sweet or bitter or strong or mild. These finer distinctions are called submodalities and they define the qualities of our internal representations. People have known about and worked with submodalities for centuries. For example, Aristotle referred to quality the senses but did not use the term submodalities. So I'm going to name a few examples. When it comes to the visual, obviously, like we said, black and white or color. Is it near or far? Bright or dim? The location, size of picture. And then with auditory, loud or soft, near or far, internal or external. The location, stereo or mono. With kinesthetic, strong or weak, large area or small area. Weight, heavy or light. Location. Or texture, smooth or rough. These can be in reference to certain memories that we have, especially traumatic memories. Think of like the strings, the fabric that make up a shirt. This is exactly what some modalities are to our memories. So, with these traumatic memories, it's the submodalities that give it power. And so when we can learn about our submodalities and learn about our traumatic experiences is when we can undo these fabrics and desensitize ourselves to it. Not everyone's going to learn the same and not everyone's going to find the same path to awareness. However, having this knowledge and having this insight can really free us. And that comes from inside of us. It's the only way we'll ever find it i mean think of even symbols for example right and think of what certain symbols means when it comes to how we react to it you know like i'm going to show you a few symbols here what does this one mean to you what does this one mean to you and so what does this one mean to you And so these things that can be considered our external locus of control because of how we are conditioned to interpret these things. I mean, think of negative experiences and traumatic events, like, especially when it comes to traumatic events, we can become aware of it and just realize that this is something that just happened outside of us. It's our internal locus of control that we need to gain hold of when it comes to these traumatic experiences. And like, look at how these symbols and submodalities can affect people and even the classical conditioning. I had a former client who knew somebody who was conditioned by bananas in a traumatic way. They would go into a complete paralysis and curl up in a ball. So this person obviously associated bananas to something traumatic. I don't know what, but they were conditioned by that. How they will undo this, I don't know. Could they be aware of it? Of course. This is something that they could work on. It would take some deep work, but they could become aware of it if they allowed themselves to. And to think that they're always going to be conditioned by this is a limiting belief. It's a fixed mindset. Like, of course, we're conditioned by cer certain circumstances and we, until we choose to be aware of it and choose to change it. I mean, when we grow up, especially, we are normally influenced by our outside world, by our parents, by what... They taught us things like this. We have the choice to change that. Like if our parents were very negative and then we grew up negative, but then we realized that it didn't get us anywhere, 
then it's up to us to choose something different as adults and be like, okay, like my, my mother was very negative because of all these bad experiences that happened to her, but that doesn't make me negative in my current life right now because I'm aware of it now. I have that freedom of choice to undo it and learn about myself as to why I was conditioned like that and how I can undo that and have empathy and compassion and understanding for my mother who wasn't able to do that. That's breaking the cycle of generational trauma and being aware of these triggers, being aware of these conditions, being aware of these self-limiting beliefs that we had been conditioned unconsciously by our upbringings. Being aware of that is the first step to learning to change it. I mean, of course, a psychiatrist and a therapist can help facilitate change, yes. But we are the ones who become aware of it. We are the ones who have that consciousness. Nobody else. You know, especially when it comes to traumatic experiences and when somebody does us wrong and it hurts us and it affects us, whether it's our self-worth or our self-esteem, it's up to us to change that. I'm going to bring up Marcus Aurelius again in his book, Meditations, page 87, number 20. You should leave another's wrong where it lies. Something that's very hard for us to do, especially me, because I personalized so many things in my life. But it's up to me to change that. Realizing that it has nothing to do with me. And that this external world, or whatever somebody says or does, doesn't affect how I feel about myself. Unless I allow it to. Like when events happen, and people do things to us. Like, how are we identifying with them? If we are identifying with them. Like, do we not have this ability to just look at these events and what people do and our triggers to these events and circumstances around us? Do we not have a choice to disconnect and dissociate ourselves from it and understand why we react to it, why we identify with it and choose a more healthy response, create our, an internal filter in our internal locus of control so then we can actually look at things differently because when we can look at these circumstances and people differently then how we feel will change our internal world will change so then we don't have to identify with it so we don't have to believe that when we get rejected it means that we're a useless piece of shit or when somebody doesn't respond to us it means that we're unworthy of attention or we're unworthy of friendship or relationship in circumstances is what happens in our lives but they do not define or identify us unless we choose that and it goes back to freedom of choice we have this choice we have this ability to look at ourselves this awareness like we have this freedom of choice to look and figure out what is meaningful to us in life what our purpose is through trial and error, through going through experiences, through meeting people, getting out there in the world to find out what gives us fulfillment, finding out what intrinsic values we represent and principles to make us who we are and to make our lives meaningful to our unique selves. That's why we have that freedom of choice, that freedom of choice to be influenced by certain people, to be around empathetic people if we want to represent empathy, to have that freedom of choice to choose working around other teachers if we want to be a teacher or working around other athletes in order for us to want to be an athlete and learning from them 
taking in their content, reading the books that they've they've wrote. I mean, who is responsible for our choices and decisions in life? Especially when we choose a partner or a career path. Where does all this come from? Where does all this passion come from? Where does all this curiosity come from? Like when you look at musicians and artists alike when they create music, where does that passion come from? The colorful essence to a painter's vision. Where does that come from? And it's like when this, when a, when we're children, even, despite we're still learning about the world, when we find something that we're passionate about, where does that come from? Yes, the outside world will influence it, but that passion comes from where? It comes from inside us. Especially if a child finds that passion for, for art or dancing or music, whatever it may be. So if we renounce our faith and trust with ourselves, then we relinquish the control of who we are and our feelings to anyone or anything around us that triggers us. Nobody gives offense, we take offense. We're basically giving away our true power to others when the divinity of who we are lies within each and every single one of us. We're giving away that divinity. When we allow ourselves to be triggered and get offended by something without actually looking at the true nature of these things. Dr. Gabor Mate talks about the explosive material behind a trigger. It's within us, it's not with anybody else. So we have to look at ourselves and figure out why we're triggered. What is causing that? Person who pulls the trigger or the event that pulls the trigger is external, but that explosive material is our internal, thus within our internal locus of control. And if we don't become aware of that, if we don't have that awareness or we choose not to take any accountability, then we give it up to that external locus of control to that event. And when you look at it, what is powering our minds? What is powering our bodily organs? What's powering our desires and passions and daydreams, everything, all this? That same thing is powering these triggers just in a different way because of how we interpret it. Again, it's like we can direct this energy into something different for us. Determination, will, perspective, passion, it's all within us. I mean, look at our awareness. Our awareness is within our power. The consciousness will exist regardless, but we can still have that choice to direct that consciousness because if we don't, then that's gonna be on somebody else. That's gonna be given up to the external locus of control. And then we're going to be blaming people for our problems. We're going to be blaming the world. We're going to be blaming the system. We're going to be blaming this. We're going to be blaming that. And then what? We just give away our, our strength. What it is that we are truly able to do with ourselves. We are the ones who make ourselves into what we want. Nobody else.